Every minute of Narrative's reporting, every story that we break is made possible by our patrons. You too can become a patron by joining at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Narrative, where truth lives. Genuinely, another historic day happening in the world today. How are you, Eric Garland? It's good to see you again on Narrative Live. And hello to everyone at home watching. Thanks for being here tonight. Fox News, folding, settling in the Dominion Voting Systems case. 787,000, I'm sorry, million dollars. That's a lot of money. That's more money than I'll ever see in my life. I'm pretty sure of that. It adds up. It adds you know, up. A billion here, a billion there. It starts to sting. And as we'll figure out tonight, this is just the start of a few legal ha headaches for Rupert Murdoch and his son related to the 2020 elections. And it'll be interesting to see how much they'll be left with at the end of the day. I'm surprised they even paid this billion dollars, as I said the other day, because there's so much more that still has to come out of their profits. It's almost not worth having that company anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they, they should maybe get a hobby or a paper route, work at a car wash, who knows? Were you surprised by any of it today? Was it all pretty much what you expected or no one really expected a settlement today, but was it, was it any big surprises by anything that happened today? I'm going to say no to all that because the case against Fox was made by Fox in the depositions right. and that was publicized. When there's a question about defamation, truth is always a defense to defamation. And one of the biggest questions is one, was this somebody's opinion? Uh, about something. And if it's their opinion, that's pretty well protected, especially if you've got somebody or something that can be a person, it can be an enterprise, a corporation, a firm, an organization that is in the public eye, you have the right to make comments about public things. So the opinion, I believe it's Sullivan v. New York Times is the major Supreme Court precedent case law that, that guides all of this, the ability to sue an organization in civil court for defamation. Right. Uh, and that's a very high standard. And you always have, tr you always have truth as in the defense to defamation. If it's true, but defamatory, it's not defamatory. And if it's not quite true, but it was your opinion in good faith, then you have immunity because of the first amendment. It gets mm. into maliciousness. And the judge felt that that the defense of Fox News, that they could not make any defense based on truth. The only thing this trial was over was malice. And I believe that was going to guide punitive damages here against Dominion or to compensate Dominion for right. the damage done to them. And I believe punitive can be a more astronomical number. And I believe, I believe it's triple attorney's fees in that case, which in something like this would be significant on top of it. But bottom line, the court already decided that Fox News lied to its viewers about the 2020 election, yeah. lied to its viewers about Dominion. That is entered as, there was a finder of fact. Now, for those of you who are not law nerds, when you go to a trial, you're, whatever it is, it can be a bench trial or a jury mm -hmm. trial. Bench trial is done in front of the judge. A jury trial is done in front of 12 people just like you and me in those cases a bench case a bench trial the judge is the finder of fact after all the evidence is put out the judge says that's true and that's not and when right. he writes his, his or her opinion then that becomes fact and then they base the the damages on that if it's a jury the jury finds this was fact that was not fact and boom they decide either they either find in favor of the defendant or they find in favor of the plaintiff and decide what is owed to the plaintiff. This was so overwhelming against mm -hmm. Fox that the it was a jury trial, but the judge had discretion to say, we are not holding a trial on whether or not you defamed this corporation. We are not holding a trial on that because it is so overwhelming. There is no chance given what is on the record already under under oath in depositions that have been submitted to the court. And I'm not certain whether or not the other side had submitted a motion for summary judgment, which you can do after a certain amount has been done already in a case. 
and enough things are on the record now have been read into the law that are under oath that can be considered by the court as fact. Somebody has attested and sworn under oath that this thing is their testimony. There's enough of that. Sometimes people, one party will file a motion for summary judgment and say, Your Honor, just given what we got already, can you make a decision? I forget if that was the process that was done here, but in any event, the judge ruled in favor of Dominion yep. and said, Fox News cannot have a trial on whether or not they defamed this corporation, whether mm -hmm. they were lying to their audience. They were lying to their audience and they and harmed was, yeah. the plaintiff. And then there was this 11th hour discovery and last so the, week that there was even more evidence that they were hiding. And then he tried to institute a, oh, was sure. going to institute the special master ah. today. And that special master would have had extraordinary the, rights to do all sorts of new depositions. That's about, right. All sorts of stuff that the company were hiding. And so the whole case fell apart uh, this morning. Yes. Yeah. A special, if you appoint a special master, it's because a judge is ordering very broad discovery. Now, now in every case, the judge gets to decide what discovery, what subpoenas, a subpoena ducis tecum, for example, for records, what is appropriate right. for the case. And you're not allowed to go on fishing expeditions, as they call them. You're not allowed to just get a big wad of everything. You do interrogatories and you do your subpoenas ducis tecum for a look at specific evidence that pertains to the claims of your case. Unless that case gets blown open for a variety of reasons, it turns out that it's a much larger issue. They might need to amend the pleadings to say, hey, there's more damages here than we realized. That mm -hmm. happens in the course of a, of a court case. Or if you super piss the judge off and you, you show that you were lying about what you actually had, oh, yeah, that judge is very likely to not quash the subpoenas. You mean you were lying to cover side. up the lie? That's like a double lie? Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty yeah, bad. Yeah, lying, I mean, lying to the courts? Lying straight I mean, to a judge is... It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. And then, of course, I they were mean, covering up the other big lie, that the whole big lie, so it's a lie to cover up the lie that was covering for the big lie, which was that, the, that Donald Trump won the election and he didn't win the election, which is, of course, what this is really all about. We can couch this as nicely as we want to about this Dominion Voting Systems Company, but it's not. It's about a conspiracy to defraud the American people of their votes because these people are trying to convince America and the world that somehow Donald Trump had reason to be president of the country for a second term and that somehow he had won and that somehow he could have some reason to go right into January the 6th and have a coup because that was all the pre the justification really for the whole coup. So it's a much larger thing than just the Dominion voting systems and the $787 million or whatever. It's That's really right. about our democracy and these people selling out. It's our democracy. about the attempt to overthrow the government. Thank you. Thank you for saying It's that. really bad. It's really bad. It's also done by an Australian group. Merck, if you don't want to go and throw, overthrow the Australian government, go do it. And I know you're a naturalized citizen, but really only in your 70s, so it doesn't count that much. And anyhow, why are you trying to overthrow the government, the country and the system of rule that you've moved to that you admire so much because you're such a huge fan of capitalism and democracy and turn it into what? Why would Rupert Murdoch do something like that? And we might answer some of those questions tonight because I've got, we, we last, we had a funny conversation the other day about whether he was a spy or not a spy. And... And I'm curious still to figure out what the difference is between all these different spies. There's a couple of things I could share from my research into Spy Murdoch that I think are going to be illuminating for people in terms of understanding the, the realm within which he works and how he's been able to survive now for seven decades as this huge media mogul. Let's not forget, over those last seven decades, I think he's had as much 18 British prime ministers, 10 it can't be pet ten. How many presidents have there been in seven decades? I'll find it. I've got all this somewhere here, but I'll find it. There's a lot of people that he's had been a close confidant to, an advisor to, a media antagonist of. Rupert Murdoch has been around power for a very long time. Almost, I said in a recent episode, as long as the previous queen. The queen was around for seven decades in those high places. Guess what? Rupert Murdoch, in the same amount of time, the same span of time has been involved in world politics and convincing politicians in the United States, in the United Kingdom, in Australia, exactly where their government should be doing and how they should be doing it, which is unheard of, really, when you think about a guy who at 21 inherited one newspaper, one local newspaper called the Adelaide News in Australia, and then he's able to bust through the entire Australian news system and acquire a bunch of networks, a bunch of newspapers, 
and then moves to moves to the UK and he's again able to secure major newspapers just like that. I don't know how he's buying all these things. Where's all the money coming from? And then because his dad was basically bankrupt by the time he died, he just gave him the one paper. So he buys the British papers and then he comes to the United States and does the same thing again. And he even convinces Ronald Reagan to change all the rules so he can buy even more TV stations and then establish Fox News and get away, the, get rid of the fairness doctrine in exchange for him supporting some covert activities in the 1980s. It's an astonishing amount of, of success that most human beings would struggle to get to. In fact, I would think it's impossible to get to in the media world, especially where so much power is concentrated in a very small sectors in regional powers, right? Newspapers and media conglomerates tend to be owned by powerful people within a certain country because they like to control their media. They don't like it. Foreigners coming in and buying up their media and, and changing their media landscape. And yet somehow this guy was allowed to do it. And I have lots of questions. I just have lots of questions about who he's funded by because at the end of the day, that's a very expensive pursuit for an industry that is essentially dying. No one thinks of the media industry. They do now maybe with the digital universe, but no one thinks of a newspaper and TV as a forward-leaning kind of industry. And yet here he was investing billions upon billions of dollars. And then for some reason, when it gets to this Donald Trump character, he decides to become completely crazy and peddle a bunch of lies. Well, maybe it's not the first time he's peddled lies, but it's certainly, it's certainly odd that he suddenly decided to after 70 years of being a newspaper owner and a TV network owner, that he suddenly decides to do this giant scam on the American people to convince them that the, their election they just voted in was completely wrong and that the previous incumbent is, the, is still the president because he actually won because of some voting systems. And they all did this willingly. That to me is a, it's a bridge too far for sure, but it is also very questionable. And it's much more than $787 million in terms of damages, obviously. It should be much more. But they shouldn't be allowed to be walking out of any courtroom into a functioning business. No, they should be walking into a jail cell because they're part of a conspiracy to overthrow the, the American government. And that's basically what they tried to do. That's what they were found. They weren't found guilty because they had to settle today. But that's essentially what we come out with today. And it's disappointing that we're not seeing on the air their anchors apologizing for lying to their audience because any self-respecting organization would do that, would go on the air and say, we're sorry, we screwed up totally. We're not going to do this again, people. But they're not doing that tonight. Are they Are they an anybody respecting organization? They don't, they're not a really... They have a huge audience. They're the biggest news organization, in a TV news organization in terms of audience other than the main nets, but the cable news networks and the number one news cable network is a big deal. And... They have a huge audience, and it's largely a very loyal audience that cuts through the red states. And those are the states that we... Yeah, you know, oh, oh I, li I live in the red states. Yeah. I understand. Uh, but they don't have an audience. They have a bunch of people they play for suckers. Yes. That they despise. Yes, but it's still infuriating. It's like you get to the point where you're like, uh, why is this? Why, firstly, how is there not a mechanism to stop these people from owning these networks and from and carrying out these lies? And the challenge with there is, is because they they came in under such skullduggery, right? They came in under Ronald Reagan, and they were you know, they made Ronald Reagan happy because they funded his COVID operations, and Rupert Murdoch sure. and Roy Cohen. This is the first parts of a series. Okay, you know, Roy, did we have any question left about the spy thing? Because as soon as you say the words, the magic words. Funding covert <laughs> operations. That, what is that? Delicatessen owners, ballet dancers. Those every are spies. Cab, every taxi cab driver. No, the, I, this is the. You're, you're right. I'll say that they're spies. But you might be. It was a ninth grade math teacher who funded the covert operation in Colombia. No, it's not. That was a spy. Maybe you can help me out here because <laughs> there is a distinction, of course, in the world of espionage between assets and agents. And all that assets are people that. Uh, Spy agencies can influence, but they don't necessarily, they don't work directly for the agencies. And then there's spies who are like on the payroll of the CIA or whatever. And then they get, they get to do like spy work. And then there's analysts and all sorts of other things. Like, how do you, how would you define all these? You're an expert in this area of intelligence. So I use as precise terms as I can. And the one, the term spy. I th is really broad for me. Rupert Murdoch is a spy. Sean Hannity is a spy. I don't know as Sean Hannity could be like Tom Cruise's Ethan in Mission Impossible and go down, go around in five costumes and pay, look 
drop in on ropes and parachutes into things. I'm not sure he could do that, but as a spy, he, he was the middleman between Paul Manafort and Donald Trump. And those guys are spies. We also have people don't think about this. Yep. You have rock bands and actors who are spies. I don't mean actors who play spies. Haaretz just came out with a major piece about a week ago about how the guy who played Tevye in Fiddler on the Roof was Mossad. And I was just like, oh, are we here where we're just talking about this openly now? That are we gonna, are we gonna break the ice that there are that, and it's not all has been broken before in other ways, but that entertainers can be spies. Look, last year or so, a couple of years back, Emmanuel Macron had Josephine Baker reinterred next to Voltaire in the French Pantheon for her work in counterintelligence. Great dancer, but she fought the Nazis. And what was she? was a spy. She She was was one of our spies. Yeah, who knew? And to anyone to be a spy, right? The whole thing is not to know that they're spies because that's why they're in secret covert work. So it's hard to tell a spy from a non-spy. Presumably. You know, and there's the the professionals who's a station chief for the CIA Mm -hmm. or a Katza of the of Mossad's foreign intelligence work. They are in charge of a whole region and all its various assets. I think we all recognize those people as spies. We look as James 07, James Bond, Her Majesty's Secret Service. This is a guy, he's yeah. given secret technology. He is given access to secret information. He works for the government. It's all he does. But then he goes out and he's whatever, a baccarat player, a real estate guy, a player. But we all know he is highly trained and he works for her majesty okay that's what we all assume to me that's an intelligence officer but there are there are a lot of people who have been rolling around here as spies and it's interesting we had a big piece of news a couple days back or actually it was just yesterday things are really intense on the counterintelligence front we had the doj national security division come out and charge arrest a couple, three people in New York, I believe, and charge 40 Chinese intelligence officers with running right. a transnational repression scheme to repress Chinese citizens on U.S. soil. Now, mm-hmm. what they were doing is very interesting. They were getting online, creating fake profiles and harassing people that wanted to talk about democracy. And I said, doesn't that sound like a lot of the same people who harassed me and you? You just sort of they might not. <laughs> sounds like the same tactics in any event. I don't know why it'll be the same people, but it's the same tactics. Yeah. It's... And some of these folks are not U.S. nationals and are messing around harassing people who want to talk about U.S. democracy. Sounds like you know, Rhodes so a little effort there with Steve Bannon. That's what that sounds like to, to me, but I don't know. Sounds like Ricky Vaughn, Doug Mackey, who was just convicted of mm-hmm. fooling around. It sounds like Roger Stone. It sounds like... John Vane, it sounds yeah. like a whole bunch of people. A whole bunch of people, yeah. I might add some names by the end of this hour to that, just so I won't give it away yet. But I'll add a couple of names maybe by the end of this hour that you can have fun with. But so you've got assets, you've got a, you could see, so that's an A, the, the, James Bond is a spy, but he's an agent, right? He's an agent. And then he's got- I, or, Well, I, the way I put that is an officer. officer is somebody that is indoctrinated, trained at, at a government, an agent can be somebody that works for that officer who may never have set foot in Langley, never set foot in in a Secret Service environment in the United Kingdom, but mm-hmm. works exclusively for, and if they're aware that's the team that they play for, then that's an agent. And by the they're way, aware. when you get into like- They're aware that they're working for them. Ru- the Russian language yeah. has a couple dozen phrases for this. They have all different shades. <laughs> so that's do. important because we're like spying agent, Asset, useful idiot. Yeah. And useful idiots like Russian, right? Yeah. And the Russians have 25 terms for it ish. Imagine. Because this is what they do. Um, they do well. So we're, we are getting into what is this network? What are these tapestries that have been woven of people that have malign interest? Now, again, is Tucker Carlson able to be dropped into the middle of a government and get a different uniform on and speak Czech fluently and bypass retinal scans and get in and steal a document? No. Is he a spy? Absolutely. He's this guy liar, is not. So he probably would make a good spy if you think about it. But I He's a propagandist. Yeah. Yes. He's passing spy. on messages. Yeah. Actually, I, I don't know. We don't I know. don't know what his background is. I do know that he shows up and he roots against NATO. He roots against the United States. He yeah. roots against 
our government and he roots against democracy. So, and I know that his salary is paid by the Saudis and the Chinese. So between, and that he's surrounded by all okay. these, these types that are, that are working with Michael Cohen, that are working with yeah. Paul Manafort and Donald Trump. Okay, we, so we know, we know him potentially, he's potentially a, at least an asset, right? We'd say that maybe, or at least, but you'd say. Oh, no, he's an agent. He's an agent. He okay. takes it. He is. No, he's a major player. He's taking Tucker orders. Because he's taking orders directly from people about what to say on the air and doing it. And therefore, That's right. is most likely, just to be legally correct here, but seems to be most likely as an agent because he's following the orders, it seems, of people who are agents, it seems to me, and therefore must be an agent himself. Or, uh, yeah, you're probably right there. So now, so Rupert Murdoch's now, he's a, he's owns this, he owns these media empires. And he goes around and he he works with governments in covert ways. So he'll support their, one politician's say, China stance, or he'll support, in Wendy Deng's case, he might support a Chinese policy in order to get access to a market. So he might go into the UK and support the Tony Blair, for example, in order to get the new Labour government in, but it's not really that new Labour, but nevertheless, Tony Blair becomes prime minister. It's those kinds of things. So he associates with with governments that are or leaders that want certain policies in place, not from his own country, from his other countries. And then he and then he gets you know, gifts in return. So he meets up with Ronald Reagan, Roy Cohen introduces him, Roy Cohen, who's a largely connected to the mob. There's no other way to really say that he's sort of a mob fixer. He works for mob dons to fix what we used to and obviously was their, their attorney. But in his he so Roy Cohen, who's a mob figure tied to the Italian and probably the Russian mob in in New York, no, and Chicago, yeah, and yeah, exactly. And so what he and all the Bronfman's team who did the the bootlegging stuff, all that kind of stuff. And so he's the one who introduces Rupert Murdoch of all people. He's the one who brings Rupert Murdoch to Ronald Reagan, and he's, Ronald Reagan was already a fan of Roy Cohn because he had set up this third party candidacy. Was it Anderson? Was that this guy's name? Who is so? Is it? Is, is that who set up John Anderson? According to his cousin on my show last week, on Spy Murdoch last week, Roy Cohn was the one who funded Anderson in order to get Reagan elected. It's a bit of news. So, Ray, have so to Roy Cohn was the guy behind splitting the vote. And so, so you had, let me get this straight. So you had naval officer, nuclear PhD, deep stater, Jimmy Carter in the mm -hmm. White House. And then Roy Cohn runs a spoiler candidate and somebody makes a deal with the Iranians, don't let the hostages out until our guy gets in. Wait, somebody, the, the same guy, because then along comes William Casey. First he was the uh, campaign manager for Ronald Reagan, but then he becomes the CIA chief, CIA director. He was obviously involved in the whole hostage crisis, October surprise, which meant delaying the hostage return until Reagan was elected president. Guess who he was in contact with every day during that election campaign, according to an eyewitness? Roy Cohen every day was in touch with him. So it's a bit, um, maybe he didn't mention that part. Maybe he was talking about other things, but maybe he was talking about- By the, the way, do you know, So I don't want to take you off this. Yeah. I, want, I just want to add this little detail in there. Do you remember they appointed Rudy Giuliani to the Department of Justice? He was mm -hmm. Assistant Attorney General. And his first move out of the gate, Rudy's, yeah. was to contact the CIA and ask for a briefing oh. on foreign- interference in Reagan's election. And he was probably right there involved in it. And I've heard as well that Roger Ailes was involved in that whole hostage thing as well, which is just fascinating on a different level. But I, I can't confirm that one. So if anyone has any confirmation of that, I'm really interested. But this is Rupert Murdoch. This is the same dude. This is the same dude who tried to overthrow with Donald Trump the 2020 elections and bring back Donald Trump as dictator Trump. It's the same dude who shows up in Ronald Reagan's second second year in office with Roy Cohen, and by the way, had already bought the uh, the New York Post at the time, so it was already starting to spin things towards Ronald Reagan from what was a liberal paper before. So it's, two years later, he meets up with he only meets supposedly only meets Reagan in 1982, but that's when they start this COVID activities, and immediately. He meet, has a dinner with William Casey. There's a CIA note saying Ron, Rupert Murdoch had a birthday dinner with William Casey and Charles Z. Wick 
of the U.S. Information Agency. And shortly afterwards, they've decided that they're going to launch Project Democracy and Project Wait Democracy. Minute, U.S. Information Agency is where Tucker Carlson's dad worked. Ah, there you go. He's a spy. <laughs> so, and then off they go. And Rupert Murdoch and these other billionaires or supposed billionaires, maybe they were just millionaires at the time, who knows? They fund all these COVID activities run by Oliver North under the banner of Project Democracy, secretly run under Project Democracy. That includes basically exchanging arms for drugs and so arming the Iranians. It's, it's, it's the contrast in the Iranians, obviously. So that's a long way to say that this man is that kind of guy. He is not a, I'm just a believer in the free press. I, he, this is a, a journalist, maybe, but he's mostly a operative of some sort, working for nation states, is what I see. So, so Zev, Roy Cohn's a Russian spy then. Because Roy was, was McCarthy's attorney in the McCarthyism. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was indeed. Yeah, the anti-American. He was Joseph called. McCarthy's attorney during all that. Let long last her decency. Yeah, and so some people who have a, a sharp eye on this look at the McCarthy period, which the Russian assets like Glenn Greenwald love to throw out McCarthyism. McCarthy was accusing a bunch of people indiscriminately of being in the pocket of quote the communists discrediting the actual work of, of counterintelligence that needed to be done. There mm -hmm. certainly were, including some of the people that were targeted by the House on Un-American Activities. I, my own research, I've found people that were very credibly assessed to be spies for other countries. Not all of them, yeah. but that was the whole point, is that you, you do something, and it's almost like a bit of the Steele dossier operation. Like you create an investigation that is deliberately flawed. And you make it a, you make it really public and really ugly, and then you discredit the actual work that needs to be done, which has to be professional and quiet and non-bombastic, and it has it's not there for the media, it's not there for the cameras, it's there to neutralize threats and build up the bulwark against foreign enemies and to ensure the safety of the country. There's no scoring political points. There's no getting famous, not if it's done correctly. And so the opposite of all that, whether it is McCarthyism or Twitter's team patriot in the early days of the Trump, like you just create, uh, you create some, or the, a lot of the hullabaloo around the Mueller investigation, you create something that is deliberately flawed to discredit the notion of finding the actual spies who yeah. are around. Yeah. Yeah. And Roy yeah. Cohn turns up all over that. <laughs> Roy Cohn is everywhere. And Roy Cohn as well, just to prove your, your hypocrisy point there, is that he's, he's obviously a gay dude who was mostly targeting gay dudes, or women, I guess, as, as communists. That's basically, they went after entertainers in, in, in LA and in Hollywood and said, oh, these guys are communists. I mean, it might have been communists ideologically, but they weren't acting out necessarily for the KGB or whomever, but that's the way they were painted. Meanwhile, He's as gay as they are, and their their lifestyles are. He's basically gay bashing, even as a gay guy. It would be wicked man. And I he mean, was a no Republican, doubt. right? And he was Republican, so but all... not really. Like wink, wink, Republican. He was Republican when money mattered. So he was really into the contras. And isn't that all Republicans? <laughs> and also, a lot of them might be gay, which is just is a weird thing. <laughs> I just believe. Yeah, I'm going to allow you, sir. I will let you assess that. <laughs> Call Rove. Call Rove. What? <laughs> say what? I had to say. That. I had to speak it up. All right. Every minute of Narrative's reporting, every story that we break is made possible by our patrons. You too can become a patron by joining at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Narrative, where truth lives. So where were we? <laughs> we have meandered a little bit where here. We, got, we were just talking about what's a spy. Yes, and we, thank so you. We look back at this and you, okay, this is, it's Fox News and everyone's engaging with this. This is a terrible television network that really just needs to apologize. And it's a bad TV network. It's not a bad TV network. It's a spy. It's a spy service. It is a rogue. And I only, and I don't have the wherewithal to say which group of bad guys that they are part of. I think they're part of a bunch of bad guys. I think, I think occasionally Probably. the Chinese film up with cash. Sometimes the Saudis do. Obviously there's a lot of Russian talking points and stuff. And that he could certainly is involved in it. We'll get into that in just sure. a second. We are currently in an information war and have been for the last six, seven, maybe 10 years. And so this is a world war, just like any other world war, where you might have missiles and ships and planes and anything blowing up things. Only instead of ships and planes, we have information 
and lies and disinformation and everything's being waged between nation state and nation state. And so you get lots of damage done to economies, you get lots of damage done to political and social stability because you have polarization, people are sent to the extremes, you get lots of conspiracy theories, you get people trying to manipulate perceptions. That's really how this war is being waged and how this war is going to be won. And it's very useful in an information war to have a giant cable news network that feeds directly into the red states particularly, and you could fill them with any amount of fake news, lies, disinformation that you want. That's very the red useful. states where we're going to be taking a lot of the infantry for the United States military, like those states which yeah. is where the bulk of the a lot of the of, they, come it's, through. it's played in it's played on military basis fox news till today is played on military basis it's propaganda i have never and, understood how that policy got by but it, it's, it's just that we've you got know, bigger problems so many there's so many agents and assets or whatever you want to call them in our system that they sometimes the stuff just flies through and and that's why fox is still seeing a military basis now if you're a military if you're a owner of this particular tv network that has all this influence over americans and you're about to engage in war with this country boy that's a very useful asset it's worth spending one billion dollars on one lawsuit and another two billion dollars on another lawsuit and another three billion dollars whatever it's going to be sure they're going to be spending lots of money but we're still going to have this entity in our space broadcasting into people's homes over cable systems into their TV sets. Junk lies. Let's not forget, it's not just this that they were lying about. They lied about coronavirus. They lied about the vaccines. They lied about things that killed millions of people. At least half a million people is projected to attribute it to Trump's bad performances as a president and the lies there. And that's a lot. So I want to bring this back into some of the news yeah. about, about Clarence Thomas of recent. People have been talking about Harlan Crow, who's the bajillionaire Nazi art collector who has been funding or bribing Clarence Thomas. And I did a thread that went delightfully viral this past weekend about how, hey, y'all know that Harlan Crow, despite being a Nazi art collector, is on the board of the American Enterprise Institute. Hmm. which is a heavily Likudnik organization think tank. And, and I called back to... <laughs> it makes no sense, but... It... Yeah, I was like, okay, already most of us have been going, okay, so this guy's a white supremacist, but Clarence Thomas is not freaked out by yeah. it. But seriously, there's a lot... Uh, there's a lot of Jewish people in the in AEI. They were super pro-Israel, super pro-Netanyahu Israel in particular. They don't mind this Nazi? Really? Bill Crystal doesn't mind this Nazi being on the board? Really? I got some questions, guys. But well, you go back to 9 11. does not make him a Nazi <laughs> just because he collects. Just, I'm just imagining what the defense I, might be. But if, I don't know. I collect skulls because they're pretty, and they <laughs> I might have taken them from my neighbors, but let's not jump to conclusions. Yeah. They're in my. Sure. Now, I, again, I'm not going to. You can feel however you want to about Nazi art collectors, but I would think an organization that is heavily pro-Israel might have more reservations than the average. Yeah. Nevertheless, I hearkened back to my thread of December 11th, 2016, where I tried to sort of sum up how we got to Trump just before Trump even started and how much spies were involved in that. And I talked about the big shift after 9-11, which was you had this drum. Yeah, we went in, you know, and I still stand by the thread. It was accurate then, it's accurate now, because it was based on me living there as an intelligence analyst and being there working with people that did the threat assessment for the nation and its partners. And nobody thought Iraq was a threat to fucking Cleveland. Nobody did. Hmm. Were they up to something? It's Saddam Hussein there. He's always up to something. But we generally kept him pinned down. And I was analyzing stuff that was connected to Afghanistan in 1999, 2000, looking at the remnants of Charlie Wilson's war, if you will, the, the peace that never got dealt with properly. We won the war, but we messed up the peace. And we saw these guys, the Taliban, who were firing missiles at like ancient Buddhas. And they were like hanging television sets. They were like, they were, this is not a joke. They were sentencing like television sets to death for being haram against uh, against the holy word and beating wow. the out of women and children these guys are problems and then 9 11 happened and the planes get flown into the towers 
And immediately they're like, oh, it was these guys. And there was a knowledge that there was a lot of stuff that could have been going on there. So it was very plausible. And so we're like, all right, we got to go in there and clean up what we didn't clean up 10 years ago. And it was overdue. And so there was a lot of support for that. I don't know anybody in my community that was like, no, this is a terrible idea. We should just let that fester. This is fine. Nobody thought that. Not that I'm sure there was somebody who thought it was an overreach, but nobody I was talking to in my spaces. And then the following year they came out with Iraq, Iran, North Korea, and they started beating the drums of war for Iraq. I was like, "Uh Oh, what are they going to do with this? And then the drums of war were loudest on Fox news were the loudest out of these think tanks was this whole network of disinformation that told all these people, particularly in the States that we take a whole lot of military members from, and that we were going to be sending from those States to the middle of Mesopotamia on a bunch of garbage policy. And they lied this country into that. And there were a lot of people. I knew people who they lied were astute and they created this alternate reality where no they're very dangerous and i'm like okay i had colleagues of mine who had meetings booked at the pentagon for september 12 2001 Mm. to discuss whether about the policy between dealing with a strategic competitor in the pacific or nation state actors or non-nation state actors i.e terrorist networks this was the, this is, we know that the Al Qaeda's of the world are dangerous and we know China's dangerous. So which way do we go on this? I knew people that had a meeting booked for September 12th. They never got there. Of course, mm-hmm. it got busy they oh, lied, on right? the 11th. Yeah. The, they on lied. the 11th that got changed in one direction. And then it was like all day, every day, this is the only threat to us are mm-hmm. these networks of terrorists. Terrorists, terrorists which might have that wasn't existed, true. not really en masse at the time. It's sort of, yeah, there were some terror groups that were set up to be look like terror groups. I mean, absolutely they were, but they weren't, they built over the years after that, After that, I think. I, I, I don't, this didn't come out there of nowhere. There is no terror group worth yeah. its salt without a nation state behind it. There is no Hezbollah without Iran. Yeah. And it's not until you see ISIS in their uniform dressed in their in in their in their uniforms which are russian summer weight uniforms mm-hmm. russia go, for sure and isis are yeah ah yeah for sure for sure and maybe other maybe there's a little bit of turkey involved in that too i don't know but there's those are nation state created ent- entities that are designed to pillage oil and artifacts and and cause chaos in order to do the, that basically the ira in, in northern ireland yeah the ira in northern ireland work with the KGB. And so the ANC the, well, got messed up in KGB as well in South Africa. Those that's what they that's how they formed their power bases in Angola as well, the same situation. So you have sure that's how nation states are able to impact policy in countries that they're not in charge of or have a great influence of. That's it is how they do things. It's not we don't love it, but we did the same thing with the Contras and whatever. Yeah, I mean it's it's proxy war. Yeah. yeah. And we did it with the Mujahideen. Mm-hmm. However, what happened post 9-11 is for some reason we had people who pretended to forget the stories of the Contras, the Mujahideen, the ANC, the Irish Republican Army, that these are proxies for nation states and it behooves you to ask which goddamn nation state. And what Fox News helped do is go, it could be any 11 brown dudes in the world yeah. could just get a backpack and a a box cutter knife, and they could just, you just never know. They could just take down some of the biggest buildings and not that this would have taken the resources of a nation state's intelligence services, their skills, their, their covert bank accounts, signals, intelligence, technology, surveillance, things that real players have. And during that whole period, we stopped looking, we stopped looking at China. We stopped looking at Russia. We, we didn't doubt at all the alliance, if you want to call it that, with Likud, with uh, our Israeli partners. We didn't examine that at all. We were too busy being instructed to be scared. And a lot of the narrative, whether you wanted to admit it or not, was coming from Fox 100%. News. And these are extremely grotesquely offensive acts against the United States, and they need to pay for it. 
and humanity, frankly. And when you talk about, of course, we didn't doubt that it could partnership because they were offering us all this technology that was so suddenly there to help us solve all these problems that we suddenly found ourselves with. So that's useful. Of course, we're not going to doubt them as partners when they're there to support us doing all these things. And China and Russia were right there and not taking part directly, as far as we could tell, in the wars that we were in Afghanistan. So that's, there are lots of good reasons to say that these aren't our immediate threats. Meanwhile, we're entangled in a quagmire because Fox News is spreading all these lies. And the thing is that I think you're saying here, I hope you're saying this, is that 20 years later, they're still telling lies and they're still on the air. And yeah, they've had to pay a billion dollars today and they'll probably pay a few more billion dollars. But until Americans realize that this is just a network of lies, you're not going to get what we really need to do to win this information war, which is to unplug this network from cable systems. This cable, this network should not be available to people's homes freely, or at least for whatever it is that you have to pay for it now, which is like 10 cents or something. It should not be part of the basic tier of cable. It should be unplugged from cable systems, just like we did with OAN, just like we did with everything else. This is a network that lied to the American people, that encouraged a coup, overthrow of the government, of the American government. And we, they cannot be allowed to have access to the American people in an unfettered way until they've proven themselves to be good at what they said they're going to be good at, which is news, which they cannot be good at because they're just constantly lying about things. So, you know, that's the- that's I have a regulation the, idea. Yeah, go for it. They, can, they have to be constrained to a network that's only online, only web-based, and you can pay for it by credit card if you want, and it has to be called the Consensual Bestiality Network. <laughs> and that's the only way to get to Fox News. It's- it, we it, at least need to try that idea. We at least need to try charging people a lot more than we charge them and not put it on basic cable so people think it's an actual news network because people believe what they see on TV. So they go along and they find the channel and they say, oh, we're going to watch that and think it's the news. And it's not the news. So we took off OAN. There, this is no better. These guys like, are no better than OAN. These are worse than OAN. Fucking, and fucking nobody fucking loves to dunk on <laughs> – uh, n- nobody shows up to dunk on – MSNBC and NPR harder than me. I love it yeah. because I think the I think centrist propaganda is really harder than this right wing stuff. However, there's a lot of stuff on both of those networks that is not. I actually don't have much use for MSNBC because it's the same type of mix of just people with opinions rather than just this is what happened today. Like just the son of the Shah of Iran, Halavi Jr., the Crown Prince went to Israel on Yom HaShoah on the, the day of remembering the Holocaust and has met with the Israeli intelligence minister. This is a major event. This is historic. This is whether he ends up as the leader of a secular Iran or whatnot, you have a major player in history or somebody from that family, at least, who's reaching an olive branch out between these two countries that tend not to get along very well. It's a huge piece of news. Not everybody, not every Johnny... Uh, and Jane Lunchpail in, in America is going to care for an hour-long podcast on the thing. Yeah. But just to say, hey, y'all remember the time the Iranians captured our diplomats and held them and were like, okay, and they hate the Israelis, all true. Hey, that guy's son is back with an olive branch. That's just a piece of news. It's And a little bit of context. It's a big deal. And then move on to the next thing. And that can be the terrible case of the young man who was just shot in, in Kansas City. Or the yes. fact that we're, yeah, we're, hey, John Kerry was meeting in Sapporo, Japan, and was talking about all the Western countries disengaging from China economically. News. Look, it's you great know, to have that. that. I think it's, we need that. But we also need people who aren't just spouting opinions and only opinions. That Shah story dovetails so brilliantly with what we were just talking earlier on about the about the hostage crisis. That was the, that's when, if you think about what happened in this period of time between Ronald Reagan's to now, to have that reverse itself and for there to be a potential, let's imagine there'd be a potential Shah showing up in Iran to replace the Ayatollahs. And that's a remarkable, almost feels scripted kind of turn of events, if you think about it. it's It seems almost too contrived to be possible but it's it, looks I, like it wasn't it. on my bingo card i was like what because yeah, <laughs> it's so out of the world but you're right about the the news thing being it's good to have i don't think americans aren't interested i think americans don't know i think if americans actually got this information they might be really interested in it but you get sold the one major narrative a day and it's that narrative and that's all you're getting and in Fox News now, they still haven't reported the fact that they lied about about the Dominion thing. They paid they the don't billions. Report. Of- that, 
I mean, and that's like, why they need to be on consensualdonkeys.tv because <laughs> they don't report news at all. No, they don't. Um, CNN reports news badly. MS, like NBC reports news badly. I think MSNBC is just a centrist ver to left-leaning version of Fox. But Fox doesn't even bother reporting news. Fox just scares old people that they're getting older and are going to die, which they are and they are. And then they just focus that, again. okay, you're getting old, life is scary, and you're going to die, and here's why to hate America. That's yeah. kind of what I get out of Fox. Yeah. So I think they need to be, we can't go, we cannot return to the fairness doctrine per se. And I don't want America to be a place where somebody is the censor and somebody yeah. decides what is good, what is acceptable speech and what is not, unless you're talking about something that is funded and directed from overseas, in which case it needs to be the subject of a fair registration or something stronger. But there needs to be, whether it's social media or broadcast media, there needs to be some standard somewhere about, you know, what, and maybe this, maybe... That's those are hard, those are hard things. Those are hard to get at. Those are I hard mean, to get at. But Fox isn't even trying. That's the thing. If you look, they're trying to I lie. Think of this is what they're doing. They're trying to be dishonest. They're not trying to. They know the facts. They are attempting to snowball the entire American population into believing something that is completely untrue in order to provoke some sort of international event or some sort of domestic uprising that can topple a government. This is not friendly at all. This is not even. This is. They have. This. This is. This is. An, an antagonistic adversarial thing that they're doing. They're just out to destroy whatever they can in order to make money or whatever their ambitions are, who knows what they are these days. But it's not just that they're not telling the truth or exactly they're not telling the truth because they're trying to create some major event. And here is, uh, here's where today's news about Fox settling out for a mere eight, 800 million. That's what ends a network like this is yeah. you hold them accountable. And I'm thinking who else have they harmed? And clearly they have a soft underbelly. Look what happens when you do discovery on these fools. They tell on themselves and they end up with a special master because they lie to judge. I, I don't know why all the trial lawyers right now aren't lining up. Uh, like, where's the COVID? Where's are, all the COVID are, death coming. lawsuits against coming. these guys? I think I saw a COVID lawsuit well, today. They're going to come now. <laughs> 800, an $800 million payday. And it, uh, yeah. how many law firms like would put $1.3 million worth of billable hours to get 35% I know oh, 800 it's, million. It's unbelievable. Every law firm I've ever met. And there are a stack of these. I've got them here somewhere. A stack of these court cases still coming. Let's with get an Iraq war. I want an Iraq war lawsuit against Fox for lying us in the Iraq war and for people losing their lives because of it. I want to see a COVID death lawsuit against Fox because they're they, like, I don't think we should have an American censor who decides who gets to speak and who doesn't, how they get to speak. That's a terrible precedent. And you never know who, when there's going to be a Steve Bannon who emerges and yeah. takes control of that mechanism. Yeah, However, can. if you have an organized program to lie about communicable disease, to lie about war and geopolitics, and you and your knowing conscious lies, I know people who were at AEI when, when that think tank, when the Iraq war was launching who intimated to me, they knew that Saddam Hussein didn't have weapons of mass destruction or they didn't really care. Yeah. So that's the kind of thing you just saw from Fox News, which is they knew that the 2020 election was legit. They were just doing the thing they were doing. Yeah. And the Domin Dominion was the first to stand up and go, hey, we got hurt by that. We were harmed by what you did. And the judge agreed that they did it intentionally. These guys settled out rather than find out what a jury would force them to pay in punitive damages here. Yeah. I, where they, is the COVID lawsuit? There's I, a look, lot of people I, who have grandmas and grandpas that ain't going to be at Christmas this year. They need to sue Fox. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. We should be suing them every single day. There should not be a day left in Rupert Murdoch's life where he's not having to face a major lawsuit because these guys are not what they to be. And they're certainly not your pro-American uh, network that they pretend to be. They're just not that. And I, we're running out of time. I haven't shown you any of the slides that I wanted to show you because, but I will show you just one slide. And I just find it interesting. And I know it'll be, you'll find it interesting because it's one of these, huh, really? So let me put this up here and here. So guess what happened in 2015 and 2016? Benjamin Netanyahu has Yediot Akronot, which is the Israeli daily newspaper. 
that has gone, I think, bankrupt at that time or something like that. And he tries to sell it to Rupert Murdoch. Arnon Arnon Milchin. Is that my boy Arnon Milchin? Arnon Milchin over there, also an Israeli spy. He used to work with Bibi in in their efforts here in the United States. They were operatives here in the United States. Way back then. He was an operative for Lekem. Yeah, yeah. And so it's. Eitan. The Murdochs and and Bibi had a couple of conversations, apparently, long conversations in 2015 and 2016 about acquiring Yediot Akronot for themselves, obviously for the media empire. But you notice that it's Bibi negotiating this deal with Arnon Milken, a known Israeli spy, doing all the navigating. I think it ultimately was sold to, to James Packer. But here's the thing that I found that was most interesting. Arnon Milken's production company is called New Regency. Who's the strategic partner of New Regency? Fox Studios. Worth $15 billion deal, apparently, that Rupert Murdoch is the chairman of Fox Studios and Arnon Milken is the owner of New Regency, which makes a lot of great movies, no doubt. But isn't it interesting that they're strategic partners? I thought you'd like that. Yeah, since Milchin was involved in stealing like nuclear triggers yeah. in the United States. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're sort of buttressing the, these are a bunch of spies case here yeah it's one of the reasons i had to made the slide today because i was like wait a second he was married to wendy dang who was a known chinese spy at least that's suspected of being a chinese spy so that's probably he had something to do with the chinese probably and uh, and then he's got this background history with bibi netanyahu especially around 2015 and 2016 when he had extensive meetings with the murdochs just as donald trump was running for president and then Mr. Milken is the guy who lands up doing the go-betweening over there. Mil- Milken, by the way, gave him hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of gifts to, to the, he gave Bibi. That's one of the election cases, mm. uh, fraud cases that are going on. Mm. Just sharing information we find out. If you, people are interested in this, they should check out Spy Murdoch. It's a premium series and it's really good. It's really good. I've got visibility into the next few episodes. It gets really interesting because it, it builds into all of this stuff. And we're really trying to understand who Rupert Murdoch was, who Robert Maxwell was. But whether they were really rivals or were they cooperating with each other, there's a cold case murder in the middle of all of that. And then there's all the intrigue that happens with Rupert Murdoch and the Reagan administration. You find out about Gough Whitlam in in Australia, which is another fascinating case. And we'll just keep following Murdoch's life and see where we land up. And hopefully he's a subscriber too. He might be have recollections to, <laughs> he wants to share with us. But it's a really great series. And next episode is going to be next Thursday. It won't be this week, but next Thursday. I reach a, a journalist in Trinidad who spoke to the actual alleged killer of the person who was killed in that Robert Maxwell, Rupert Murdoch cold case. And it's really interesting what she has to say about what he says about who was involved in that murder. So it's really a good one. Everyone should check it out. Spy Murdoch, it's available on Apple Podcasts right now. It's available at patreon.com forward slash narrative, where you can also subscribe to narrative. And of course, everyone should check out Eric Garland's YouTube channels, two YouTube channels about the base. <laughs> if you want to check out my, 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 in, my tutorials on fretless bass, please do. But also what I really found interesting and really people should check it out is your, your explanation of all these intelligence agencies. I'm not sure you've done them all. Have you? There's, I've got no, I have not finished. Yeah. yeah. They're really good, really interesting and worth everyone's time. So everyone should check three, those like out. Like two or three of them started by Alexander Hamilton. This is interesting stuff. It's but really... It, this works well with the, what you're bringing up here. For We're looking at this slide here. You've got Bibi Netanyahu, that. spy. Yeah. You've got Arnon Milchan, spy. spy. And Rupert Murdoch. Spy. Uh, and look, spy, look, the entire Cold War was spy-driven and then and covert. And then the Russians sort of went out of business and nobody else did. And everybody else has spies too. So the notion we, talk, we took our eyes off the ball there, or that the notion that spies were not still driving some stuff or that there was no covert operations is really a fatal conceit. And yeah. part of my public platform here was I was a, an idiot on December 11th, 2016. And it was like, hey, everyone, let's talk about the spies. And I didn't know how much everyone did want to talk about the spy stuff. But turned out that the news networks just trying to kind of paper over Donald Trump's win with Hillary should have gone to Wisconsin. That was not sitting well with the general public. And I was just yammering from my point of view, which I continue to do, yammering from my point of view. But it has turned out to be fairly pertinent as there's spies all over the damn place. We are and awash spies. Awash for them. Everywhere you look, there's spies. It's, it's stunning. Tweet number four in that thread yeah. is like the Russians rule at this stuff and it's cheaper 
than an aircraft carrier. And when you look at the course of world history here, like in the American Pax Americana, the, the monopolar world that was forming up in the 1990s, obviously none of the agent, none of the major powers, regional hegemons, though they might be Saudi, China, not necessarily global superpowers yet, but regional hegemons, they had no interest in America dominating the world because they have dictatorships do not do well with other democracies, democracies in the world showing the people, showing the human race that there's a way they can live with dignity yeah. and the rule of law. And they don't like that. So it makes total sense when they're like, shit, we're not going to outbuild General Dynamics and Northrop yeah. Grumman and yeah. Lockheed Martin and, Gen and General that, Motors. We can't do that. We're not going to make the satellite equipment. We're not going to make the aircraft carriers. We are going to make honeypots and video games and Facebook mm -hmm. and TV networks. And that's what we're going to focus on because it's really about all we can focus on or economic espionage and regular espionage and mm -hmm. just steal our way. But something's occurred to me thinking about this strategy. Mm -hmm. There has been no empire that I can think of that was able to hold on to any of its winnings by stealing the fundamental technologies hmm. of warfare and of commerce. I don't think anybody ever stole something and you can steal something or acquire it through certain means and get a tactical advantage. But when you think about the Romans taking over the world around the Mediterranean Sea, they had they they could build aqueducts. They could they had the ballista. They knew things. They were capable they of things. Knew, yeah. They knew more than the, the Germanic peoples that they were mm -hmm. conquering. And the Germanic peoples, why the reason Rome ran into such trouble around the year four hundred is that the Germanic people had been <clears throat> learning their tactics and could play them at their own game. But you couldn't just steal their ability to like make a catapult. That wasn't something you could just, yeah, you yeah, could steal a right. catapult, but you could not. You could copy one, you could copy one, you could copy one, but you couldn't come up with the next one, probably. You could come That's up with right. the next situation, yeah. The Germanic Celtic tribes that mm. ultimately broke, helped break up the Western Roman Empire, they didn't turn around, steal all the stuff from Rome, and then go invade Russia with it. That's how Europe formed up as those kingdoms all warred and stabbed each other in the face for the next few 10 centuries or so. And eventually we started making cool stuff again. Yeah. Nobody has ever stolen and cheated and raped their way into a power position in the world and kept it not for very long it it collapses under the weight of its own at some point hypocrisy if it doesn't have the morality if it doesn't have the right if this is even an art of war if it doesn't have the morality it doesn't get to succeed i guess it's their it's their art of war so hopefully they're reading it yeah I just can imagine so the, the saudis uh, and yeah. the saudis and the chinese and the russians were never going to win this one because you know what the russians let's say the america just laid its sword down and said yeah you can run us fine you win guys who's going to program the software depends what the who's going to make what the, the next airplane and here's something i don't mean to go over here but if, what if this was the objective if the objective was just to control the middle east if the objective was not to destroy all of america but you were just going to seize control of the middle east for the the russians and the chinese that they might be achieving. I don't think they will at the end of the day. I don't think they can win on this either, but maybe that's about- They did the, for a while. Yeah, but maybe that's where we're close to now is them sort of, maybe they've got Israel, maybe they've got the Saudis, maybe they've got Egypt, maybe they've got those countries now, yeah, and Iran potentially swimming in the, in the Chinese lane. Okay, fine. Will that hold? I don't know. I don't know if it'll hold, but if that's the only objective, it's possible. I just don't see the world's sustaining itself without the, a much better balance than that. I think it's a- I don't, I don't think at the end of the day it will hold you. I think you're right. At the end of the day, it's still based on them stealing technology, doing it in an underhand way, and not being able to maintain it because they can't maintain it. So I think you're ultimately right. Again, darn it. <laughs> Eric, it's we'll been fun, see. as always. It's a good show tonight. It's um, always fun. Yeah, it is always fun. And we shall see you again next week, I hope. And uh, and then we'll do Spy Murder again next week. And then everyone can have a fabulous celebration now of the fact that uh, – Fox News had to pay $800 million to Dominion. Go sue Fox yourself and get your own $800 million. Yes. <laughs> Choose your own class action lawsuit. Have a good night, everybody. Every minute of narratives reporting, every story that we break is made possible by our patrons. You too can become a patron by joining at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Narrative, where truth lives. 
One day, you'll tell the story of autocrats, crooks, and kings who came for our freedom. A story of citizens who stood up to tyranny and won. The people prevailed and renewed an old vow to a more perfect union. And that was just the beginning. The story continues. Narrative. Where truth lives.